Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. We're back. And for your summer reading, we are promoting original, unconventional, and inconvenient Donald J. Trump and his mega movement by Governor Bob Ehrlich to my left here. And you can listen to it now yes. on the way to the beach. So uh, put, put, put it on in your car and get informed or just read it on the beach. Still good, good time to do that. So go get your book. You're a great promoter. I am. I love you for a lot of reasons. <laughs> also, when you need a break to eat Italian food, where are you going to go? Oh, you go to Masoni's. Of course. For sure. Yes. Where? They got summer, summer deals, 8833 Bel Air Road. Correct. Perry Hall, Maryland. And ask for Chris, who has been with us for many years. years. <laughs> and she's the years. ice cream lady there. Christmas, she's the ice Yum. cream lady there. It's, yes. it's that time of year. Boy, that's, that's, for, that's for sure. Uh, so, tough week for Kendall Ehrlich here. You know, here we are, empty nesters. Wait a second now. Let's get lay the predicate. First time empty nesters. I guess you're only you're only a nester, empty nester one time. But what did we do over the weekend? The youngest went off to college, and the and the other one went to college too. But he drove himself. He's a super senior. And he's so, been going to college. So. Right, exactly. But the definition of empty nest is they're gone. That's right. <laughs> Both are gone. And so my wife, whom I dearly love, has been a mixture, a volatile combination <laughs> of emotions over the yes, past I few have. days. It was she a long to, summer with the an 18-year-old. Do you care as to you, indulge that notion? As most people think about. No, I, I think a lot of people get that. It was a long, hot summer with an 18-year-old with too much time on his hands. In one respect, it's great. He's at football camp. Yes. We know he is very occupied. Very busy. That's that's a very good thing, and school hasn't even kicked in yet. So when that happens, he'll be super busy, which is good for him. Freshman quarterback at Marist. Marist College, beautiful. Beautiful. Right there on the Hudson up in New York. And um, as a result of the emotional volatility, I'm a cleaner, so I am cleaning out this house. <laughs> Look on Amazon Marketplace for all the free stuff that's coming coming your way. And for all the husbands out there who are married to mother empty nesters, just for full disclosure, 15 minutes before our show, I caught her cleaning a lacrosse stick at the kitchen sink. Right. Well... It was dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> and it was left behind. And by the way, our boys and do I'm not play lacrosse. Me, they don't. I'm thinking about selling it. But at any rate. <laughs> oh, really? Is that <laughs> Okay. Well, she needs money, too. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I do. <laughs> I, I need a job. So well, I'm just after putting golf it out season. There. After golf season. After golf season. Exactly. That's right. Well, we're going to have big jobs for you coming up. That's for sure. Because once the midterms are over, the presidential cycle will begin. And hopefully, we'll be quite involved there. So your husband has been a little bit in the news inadvertently over the past week or so. And if you don't mind, I'll take a few seconds to engage. You and try to be a nice explain. guy, and this is what happens to you. <laughs> you just want to be a nice guy. We have a very nice life now. It's very... Yes, until uh, last week. Well, yes. right, exactly. Well, for those of you who do not know us, even for those of you who do, we have... Great run in Maryland politics, legislature, Congress, governor uh, for a couple decades. We've been out of Maryland politics for well over a decade. The primaries took place in Maryland a couple weeks ago. And as a result of those primaries, there's some 
uh, sketchy feelings, as there always is after primary results. So in order to come to an agreement, at least some sort of unity, some sense of unity with regard to the party and the ticket going forward into the general election season, the chairman of the party, Dirk Hare, and uh, Congressman Andy Harris, the, uh, the sole Republican from the Maryland delegation, the only Republican, at least at this point, hopefully that will change in a few months, approached me to be the draftee of a volunteer army <laughs> called the Maryland Unity Ticket. The bottom line is that they needed someone to put a name and face next to concerning the general election campaign. Since I was already doing a number of events for candidates anyway. The, the major change in our lifestyle only for the next few months is doing more events. And you'll be doing a bunch of those events with me and Seoul as well. Soul hey, as well. Maryland Republicans, there's not enough of us. Let's unite. <laughs> there, there's a concept. Why is it that Democrats... They're better at they're it. Better they're better at, better at coming at together and uniting and not, not airing dirty laundry. It may, be because, it may be because I'm speculating here, but think about it. Republicans tend to identify more of individual freedom. They're more free agent type voters. Okay, but there comes a time where it's a team. The whole it's freedom a team thing. Sport. It is a team sport, at least for some. The uniform, in my view, means something. It doesn't mean you blindly do vote for every Republican forever. Well, yeah, we it's a have big it. Tent. We no, have it. It's, it's a, a big, big tent. tent. We have certainly a campaign for folks with whom we disagree in the past on particular issues. Sure. And that's not changing the you cycle. Know, it's shocking, but I, we don't agree on absolutely well, everything. Most everything. <laughs> Mostly we do. It's Which true. makes for twenty nine year marriage here. <laughs> but. but but the fact of it is, you don't, you can't expect uniformity with regard to your views and the candidates' views. And if you get that, by the way, someone's lying. Somebody's lying to you. So, long story short, some people are praising me. Some folks are upset with me. This is a call to the bullpen. Certainly, Maryland politics has been in our past and will continue to be in our past. National politics, hopefully not, especially given the stakes of the presidential cycle. We'll see in two years in 2024. But for now, at least for the next 10, 12 weeks, we'll be doing principally fundraisers for Maryland candidates up and down ballot from school board to governor. And everywhere in between, there's real opportunities concerning county executive races, real opportunities concerning state senate races, real opportunities concern, uh, concerning a number of the House races, the congressional races in Maryland under the new line. So that's the deal. It's not that complicated. We're empty nesters. We have the time now. <laughs> and well, anyway, listen, we also we, there's there's certain races, like you said, that are uh, we're really trying to make a change. Yes. And there are particular races in Maryland, in particular districts, it's a couple county executive races that matter. Yeah. And uh, we can win. So even though we're a party of much lesser number here in the state, and it's a tough fight, but. We've got some fights that can, we can win, and, and that's where we should concentrate, and that's where we've been for a while. And we're going to move on here for a second, but just let me make this observation because it harkens back to the observation which you and I have made thousands of times since the election and, of course, prior to the 2020 election, which is once primaries are over, it's binary. It's A or B. Right. It's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. You don't get the perfect candidate. You don't get to 
to see because you're unhappy with a particular position or particular personality trait or a mean tweet. It's A or B, and you live with the consequences. You live with the repercussions from that choice. And I've had to have that conversation a couple well, there, dozen times over the past couple There's a lot of, of people days. living with those repercussions as we speak. We're all living with those repercussions, Absolutely. dear. Absolutely. Check your gas tank. Exactly. So. And the supply chain. Today, everything was, everybody was out of everything this morning. Everything. There's nothing out there. That's shocking. <laughs> well, you can't afford it anyway. So. Well, that's a good point. And, and, I, and I drove to go there. I shouldn't have. Back to Amazon. So, Click. <laughs> as a former finance chair of the House Republicans, we're moving on right now, uh, I have uh, access and friends in D.C., and I was on the phone last night with a couple of those, those folks, and there's polling out there, no shock here, that the suburbs are upset with the Biden agenda. I think you used the term on fire. Well, I, it wasn't my term. Oh. That was not my term. It was someone else's term. But the fact of it is the polling numbers now reflect dissatisfaction with kitchen table issues, with the cost of gas, with inflation, consumer confidence is down, 401ks are down, 529s are down. Just the general cost of living is skyrocketed. Uh, the energy sector has been hit hard purposefully. So, and I'm not even getting to the border or Afghanistan or education. We'll get to those issues in a second. But the fact of it is, as we sit here, dead summer, nobody's paying attention to politics. Everyone's at the beach with their kids about to come back for school or early football or whatever it happens to be. But August is traditionally a dead time. Once Labor Day hits, campaign season goes into overdrive. We've lived that reality many, many cycles. For now, however, given the state of the economy, given the unhappiness in flyover America, middle America, given this is simply the cost of living, buying buying stuff for the kids to go back to school, people are unhappy. And when people are unhappy, they tend not to vote for the incumbent party. The Democrats are the incumbent party. As a result, you see these numbers as reported in the generic ballot. And with respect to certain key races across the country, especially with regard to those purple seat Democrats elected in 2018 who ran on moderate platforms, who've given Nancy Pelosi every vote asked for. We got socialism, even though Bernie, poor Bernie's been rejected by the party Bernie forever. Won. Bernie and, won. And, and he's been pushed aside and kicked to the curb. But we got what Bernie was at least honest about. That's what's happening, and I think there's going to be a big rejection of that in November, thankfully and hopefully, because what the country was built on and uh, what the forefathers fought for needs to be preserved. Speaking of preserved, getting into this in a little more detail, when you, and I just sat down last night, inflation, gasoline, energy sector, the quote-unquote transformation of the American economy, uh, border chaos, local education, the FBI actually investigating parents at school board meetings, fentanyl. And and the you, FBI gonna, director in front of Congress last right, week. I mean, that hold was... it, hold it, hold it. Afghanistan, China, Central South America countries just doing their own thing, Mexico doing their own thing, showing little respect for immigration and the United States. I, I hurried over fentanyl. We've talked about this in a, a bunch, but babe, I want you to just take a minute or two as a former deputy drug czar of this country during the Trump administration. You've made the point to me that 
at some point, fentanyl was a problem, and Trump administration certainly was, but there were some control over because it came through the mail. That's no longer the case. Can you just articulate what occurred then and what's occurring now? Well, when the president first went in, the, the, we, the administration really got a handle on the fact that so much of the fentanyl was just being mailed from China into the United States. There was a real um, pushback on that, and, and we made some real headway on that. And then, of course, um, now, particularly with the border opening, they, were, they went to the border after the mail you know, got contained, but, uh, of course, now it's just a free-for-all. The fentanyl, the methamphetamine, which has just, just eats up the middle of the country. Communities just devastated by, by those drugs as well. Uh, but of course, the deadliness of the fentanyl and and the and the um, just the young lives lives that are taken and uh, way too soon and the grief of the families it's just so exponential. The pain is very real, and it's as if this administration just doesn't. They don't talk about it. They don't do anything about it. The uh, border, as we know, just continues to be a sieve, and um, it's, it, it's just outrageous. Like you've always said, you, know, you don't have a country without a border, yeah. and so uh, that plus the criminal element, the drug element, the trafficking of young children, I mean, all of this criminal activity is taking place, and... Uh, we are a country of law and order, and it just seems very chaotic at this juncture. You know Good stopping point, because you just used the phrase law and order. Just opposed to what you just talked about, when I talked about those issues, inflation, gasoline, Afghanistan, China, the fentanyl, was what occurred yesterday in Washington, D.C., which was mm. the passage of half a loaf of a Green New Deal, at least, with the promise of 87,000 new IRS agents. Think about that for a second. It's so alarming to think about. Today's headline, which you haven't seen, 2,000 New York City cops retiring prematurely, police retiring before becoming fully vested in their retirements. Wow. 2,000. None of this concerned the powers that be in Washington, D.C. as of yesterday. 87,000 new IRS agents not one new policeman, not one new Border Patrol agent. That reflects the priorities, obviously, of this administration, of the Green New Deal, the, sort of the, the, the progressive agenda as we know it today. I, I want to comment on the 2,000 police officers that are retiring because, because no one in the country thinks long-term anymore. The concept of building that back up is, is going to take yeah. a very long time. But it's not it's just road. New York. It is Baltimore. Baltimore's numbers are probably close to 1,000. They don't report it that way, but they are very high as well. People either transferring from the police department. And, and what it takes to train people, the last class in Baltimore City had 16 wow. officers in it, 16. I mean, you can't control a city that is just ridden with crime and uh, without having the police uh, there and just their presence in the neighborhood. They say that about police. Numbers count. The numbers really matter. The ability to be in the neighborhood, to be seen. Uh, it, it is just so important. And uh, that is going to take 
years and years yeah. to point. bring back. It, it, it was the number one police force in the world, New York City, at the time of 9-11 and, and thereafter because so many people wanted to help and so many people joined the force. Yes. And now look at it. It's going to take a long time, and people need to think about that. And i got to tell you, it also adds to people moving from places like that and going to states where law and order is still a priority. Well, to us, you're absolutely right. I, I agree. It's common sense. It it's, is it's common sense. It's a long sense. road back, and it's an expensive road back. Trying to, well, If you're a young person today, yeah, why would you do that by a job? police agency, right. knowing what you know, particularly in a Soros- uh, sponsored prosecutors environment or or a city with a Soros sponsored prosecutor in power right we again we say this all the time on this show but the uh, election for prosecutors is one of the most important yep. at this time so get you get get involved in that race in your local community it's so important because it'll make a big difference about how police officers view who's got their back the show is called The Bottom Line. The bottom line to what occurred yesterday, passage of the Senate bill, and today the report about New York police says it all. Washington's tone deaf. They're in denial about what's happening in the country. I think, going back to our earlier observation concerning the polling as it exists today, people are going to vote and the suburbs are angry, and when the suburbs are angry, and when women are angry, when women are fearful, especially exactly when they over can't, the years, when they they don't feel like their family's safe, security, safety, women security. Remember that in our elections, yeah. women, security being the number one issue for particularly women voters. Therein lies uh, a lot of red votes. We think in the midterm election. So again, uh, they call this the Inflation Reduction Act, which is. Classic Washington speak. Yes, you have a point. Well, I was just going to say, uh, we've been making a lot of these common sense observations, things that you think might uh, be kind of obvious, but they're not. Because you speak to uh, those of the opposition, and they don't see it that way. No, it's true. They just don't see it that way. So, in other words, you can't talk about common sense and what might seem obvious to you enough with your friends, with your social media group. And it's not a time to be shy. It's, it's a time to speak out. It's a time to put yourself forward and recognize that in hindsight, people will be saying, like the people, like many Biden voters, quite frankly, oh, I didn't think he'd be like this. Really? You didn't think he'd be like this? Or you didn't think defund the police might have a chilling impact on or police the, the recruitment? He never left his basement during right. the campaign. All right. I mean, all no, right. But the common sense has to <laughs> make you know, a comeback. It has to make a comeback. And although it might seem obvious, it's not obvious. So that's why we repeat many of these issues because you need a reminder yeah. to, to recognize oh my gosh, you're right. Law and order, the country was based on that. It's really important. Given primary results around the country, I think people are getting it. I hope so. And if the suburbs are upset, the incumbent party's in trouble. Last point this week, and we want to make a more brief show given the summer months and everything that's going on in our lives with my mom passing and the kids and all that. But we do really want to make this point. 
it's a conversation I've been having on the stump with my book events, doing events for candidates, not just in Maryland, but also around the country. Two emerging themes sort of dominate American politics today. And you talked about you just talked about the fact that we try to create context and sometimes repeat ourselves on certain issues, but also talk about trends, where American politics is going, where American party politics is going more specifically. And just with regard to this point, there's two observations. One is what we talked about last week, the elites, the the tone deafness along the coast, the tone deafness of Washington, D.C., the tone deafness of the progressive agenda when it concerns people with dirt under their fingernails, people that still punch clocks, people that make things, blue-collar America, the changing of the guard concerning America's Labor Party, which since FDR and prior to FDR and the New Deal was the Democratic Party, no doubt about it, the changing of that guard to today, where the Republican America first flyover America agenda is dominating that vote. And you see it, by the way, more recently with the Hispanic vote as well. I was going to say we also saw that up close and personal over the weekend driving through western New York. Yeah, we did. In many towns that have been uh, really decimated by the fact that they don't do manufacturing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't many jobs in some of these small little towns that really do make America great if people can have a livelihood there and find a livelihood. How about all the American flags we saw? Oh, my gosh. So it it, it – it's a mixed bag of emotion because yeah. you want that to come back. You want that to be thriving. And it's not about going back to yesteryear. It is about giving people purpose, giving people jobs, making people feel worthy, having them be and build these small communities that they love, that they might have grown up in, have certain traditions in. Yeah. These were lake communities that we were driving near and around. L- let and me a just, lot of people do. I thought about yeah. JFK yesterday. If there was an American nationalist president, JFK, I mean, America first, America first to the moon, America's freedom dominating the world. I mean, that that was the JFK rhetoric and platform. And 180 degrees to today where it's weakness and wokeness on on the Democratic, uh, the progressive, especially the progressive point of view. So... We see the elites and the changing of the guard of America's labor policy and the party switching national identities. The second part of the observation is, same is true with regard to the Republicans. We were part of the Republican Revolution. I came to Congress in 1994. You had lots of people offer you jobs. (laughs) You you were the spouse, the successful spouse of a uh, new Republican freshman. Uh, Republicans were cool. Newt Gingrich was cool. It was the contract with America, the whole nine yards. That Republican Party was Bob Dole's party. It was uh, big business. It was free trade. It was the Chamber of Commerce. It was don't talk about illegal immigration. It was all. It was the religious right, certainly, but it was a clearly laissez-faire approach on the economic realm, and which. We generally agree with, by the way, except I also represented Dundalk, Maryland. I saw what unfair trading practices were doing to the Dundalk, Maryland, and, and the Bethlehem Steels of the world right. and the whole nine yards. So, again, fair trade, free trade. And now, just oppose that Republican Party to today, which is, in my view, Jack Kemp's party, which is the big tent, as you said earlier. It's the Hispanic vote coming 
to the GOP in droves today. It's blue-collar America, flyover America. It's a, a Republican Party becoming the party of organized labor. It's jobs. Uh, we want jobs. It's a small bit, but it's a small business. The Chamber of Commerce has gone woke. It's a small business space. It's what Newt and Jack Kemp and Ronald Reagan and George Bush, in many cases, what they represented. Uh, Instead of the Chamber, it's NFIB. Yeah, exactly, which is the National Federation of Independent Business. So this is a different Republican Party. I'm loving it. It is what we've been fighting for. It's more African-American votes, although it's still too small but growing it's more asian american votes you see that hispanic americans it is a conservative party right of center party growth party a no limits party it's an american exceptionalism party it's america is still great party that's american nationalism we've allowed the left to demonize american nationalism the america yeah. first the trumpers the isolationists trump was an isolationist to go to nato and say hey pay your fair share we're in everybody pays their fair share we're in Everybody pays their fair share. And also not to have China manufacture all the things yeah. that we're dependent on. Well, I mean, I mean, those kinds of concepts, again, seem so common sense to me. Well, what it's all about when you cut through everything is what we just talked about. It's China. You were with me on those trips, those Cadells in Congress. One of them. We came in. Chamber of Commerce, they're going to modernize. They're going to liberalize. They're going to democratize. They're going to be in the tent. It's going to be great for everybody. And what have we seen in the last 30 years? And America yeah. was pretty silent until yeah. the Queens guy showed up. We've seen them stealing intellectual property. We've seen saber rattling, especially with regard to Taiwan. We've seen China become our number one competitor. So, and it took. Yeah. Well, the, we're asleep at the wheel. The celebrity They're taking over. Casino owner to point it all out. So that's the difference. If anybody wants to know one difference between that party and this party, this party gets it. Enough. And Kevin McCarthy's saying the right stuff. Uh, come November, if there's a change in leadership in the and House and the Senate, uh, you're going to see a lot of oversight hearings with regard to Chinese influence in America. So, again, some serious thoughts, some happy thoughts, some mixed emotion thoughts for the empty Clean nest your house mom. if you're upset. Clean, your, <laughs> clean those acrostics if your kids play baseball. So... <laughs> Uh, we do wish the Red Foxes at Marist great success this season. We wish the Washington Jefferson president's Captain Drew Ehrlich, strong safety, uh, great success. We'll be in the stands this fall, like an awful lot of parents. Again, returning to normal, returning to college football season without masks, just normal. How Kids cool going is to college. That? Kids going to college. Yay. Yay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Godspeed.